Listeners to the 25th chapter of the QAnon Anonymous podcast, the Deep Fakes episode. We are your hosts, Jake Rokotansky, Julian Field, and Travis View. Do we ever have an episode for you this week? We are covering deep fakes. Deep fakes. Or deep learning fakes. Videos that seem to feature a targeted individual even though they weren't in it. This includes porn, political statements, and hopefully one day a video of me getting back to my friends in a timely manner. First, Travis View will lead us into the conspiracy theory swamps of QAnon to figure out what Q and his followers think of deepfakes. Then we'll jump into a deepfake-flavored thriller led by our head Jack Reacherologist, Jake the Snake Rockatansky. Finally, I, Julian Field, will try my best to explain how deepfakes came to be and why they are an alarming new development in our post-truth world. But first... QAnon News. First up, the Trump 2020 campaign disavows Ann Vandersteel. Uh, like we mentioned on last week's episode, QAnon promoter Ann Vandersteel has been claiming that she's a spokesperson for the Trump 2020 campaign. But as recently reported by Aswain Subseng and uh, Will Summer at the Daily Beast, the actual Trump campaign has finally disavowed her. A statement provided by Trump campaign spokesperson Mark Serrano said, quote, Anne has not been, nor is she currently, on the board. This is going to happen so many more times. <laughs> so what's really interesting about the story is like how much work they had to put into get that statement. The Daily Beast uh, repeatedly reached out to seven people for the story and sent at least two dozen emails, phone calls, and messages asking for information and for comment. Maybe if they hadn't signed those messages, Q. Right. <laughs> they, yeah, they would get something a little <laughs> bit more than uh, just a bounce back. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little weird. It seems like this is kind of a no-brainer. Oh, this crazy lady says she speaks for you, does she? It sounds like you do. I think it, no, no, she doesn't. It does make sense like in that way that when you deny something, then you're on record with that that word like yeah. being quoted. So a lot of times in politics, people are like they they evaluate, should I let it blow over? Is it or is it worth addressing? And in this case, I'm going to say it's kind of worth just letting blow over. Maybe you contact Anne and tell her that you're going to, you know, find her her family or whatever and and get rid of them if if uh, if she does it again or whatever. Right. That's the other funny thing. It's like there's no word on whether or not the Trump 2020 campaign has reached out to Ann Vandersteel and told her to knock it off or not. They just yeah. said she's, yeah. I, I mean, think, I guess it's a bit humiliating for her if she has to go back up there after there was a public statement. Here's what I think. I think that they've got numbers tracking on like how many people are following Q and all that shit. And I'm sure it's much more than we realize. Yeah, like, I'm sure uh-huh. it's millions and millions oh, of people. And so I well, think... Well, they that, have Steve Bannon in a back room, like, like, like Cerebro. Like fucking Charles Xavier. He's like so alcoholic at this point that he's in a chair, but he has <laughs> the entire world like mapped out on an IMAX. Dude. And he's just fucking reading all that shit with his jittery little eyes. But I think that like they look at the numbers and they're like, man, if we fucking flat out say no on this shit, you know, we might lose a lot of registered voters who are going to vote Trump 2020. So I think they're very careful about what they deny, what they say, because they know if they without question deny it and it's on record and blue check marks can circulate that audio bit on Twitter. I think they're afraid that they're going to lose a lot of potential voters. I have a question. Anne, with two N's like this. Anne Coulter, yes. So can we just say that all N's with no E's at the end? are evil. I think this is fair. Yeah, Mm. that's uh, just how data works. People should contact Ann Coulter and tell her her name is misspelled. (laughs) Please, 
please hit her up. All right. Endlessly. Next up, social network opens just for QAnon followers. So uh, let's pretend you want to follow QAnon, but QAnon Facebook groups, Gab, Vote, Twitter, 8chan, and, Q- and QAnon Discord servers just aren't enough. Fortunately, and and if new- you like an entire interface made in Comic Sans. All right. Fortunately, a new social network has you covered, and it's called QArmy.social. And uh, I took a peek, and it looks like a really primitive Facebook clone, and it is very much under development right now. You can't just call uh, people's primitive. It's it's, <laughs> it's political. <laughs> I hope it's like the early days of Facebook, where it was just about like friending people whose like pictures you thought were like kind of cute. Yeah, and Facebook used to be good. Maybe this is good. We should go check yeah, it out. I'll, I'll definitely check it out. I, I have an account. I'll, I'll say yeah, I'm can you, checking it out. Can you send me a uh, send us an early invite, access baby. invite? Oh, it's, it's it's free. It's open registration. They you, but Jake won't join it unless you, he feels like it's an early access in okay. that he's getting. That's yeah, the only way he says right, anything. It's kind I'll of send broken. you an exclusive link just for you. <laughs> if it doesn't <laughs> work, the graphics page. are shit and it's broken, <laughs> yeah, Jake want, will try to make you buy it. I want it to be broken. I want it to be overpriced. I want it to be non-functional. Yeah, and like just be very controversial online. Yeah. Um, I'm down though. I, what I don't like is, you know, if you're going to make like a, a social group, why does everyone have to be part of the army? Like, I, c- could we could we have like some civilians? Yeah, I'd like to be, for example, why Q army? in the games room. Yeah, Q games know? social. Q games dot social, Q civilians dot social community. Yeah. It's your turn to make clones of this website. <laughs> With different names. There's <laughs> an endless web of them. Next up, President Trump's cave on the government shutdown divides the QAnon community. Yeah. So uh, on January 25th, uh, President Trump signed a bill to reopen the federal government for three weeks while budget negotiations continued, backing down after a month-long standoff failed to force Democrats to give him billions of dollars that he wanted for his long-promised wall. A little political break here to just say thank you very much to all the... the uh, airport workers who threatened to go on strike to make this man do this and uh, to anyone out there who's just giving credit to Nancy Pelosi instead hey get fucked okay. <laughs> and uh, this development led to some consternation in the QAnon community uh, so here's one exchange that I captured on 8chan's Q research board uh, shortly after the announcement and uh, one Anon on the, uh, 8chan said another cave on our part an opportunity to do rifts or reduction in forces wasted an opportunity to permanently shrink government lost cave to embolden Dems yet again, no funding for border wall yet again. After two years, not one traitor or arrested, let alone jailed. <laughs> POTUS is playing a bluff and delay game because that is the only power he has. The deep state is still fully in control. The new world order has only been delayed, not stopped. And then, and then another Anon answers him and he goes, well, pretty much. But and you are right. It would explain why Q has not been back. Only questions remaining will be, quote, was Q fucking with us completely or was Q just mainly fucking with us? <laughs> that is, I mean, those are semantics. So, you know, mainly fucking with us was or he fucking with us completely uh, right. or just mainly fucking with us? I mean, if the us. guy is lying to you 80 80- percent of the time you're going to be okay with it yeah <laughs> well it softens the blow a little bit if yeah. there's a little bit of truth uh coming out with the disinformation which is what the anons have suspected from the start no, so this isn't really said, far off that they've mark. said disinformation is necessary they never claim disinformation is the majority of the shit that q puts out that would be a little stretching yes, true. i'd say true, i'd true, say they true. probably if you were to say how much disinfo they consider there is maybe 30 percent, 20 30 yeah I don't know, at right, most I know. 10 10 maybe yeah 10, 10 it could yeah, be low 10 so, uh, These are all numbers. Right. <laughs> we, do, we do research for. 
So that, uh, so that also as that comment sort of showed is that they're also kind of anxious because Q has basically been Q has been totally silent since January thirteenth. We've been a, been a few weeks here without yeah. any Q drops. Damn, like, He's why? been going with longer and longer lulls, leading me to believe that possibly final exams are happening. <laughs> <laughs> Something, yeah. <laughs> Uh, uh, however, kidding. just kidding. Right. He's, how, he's he's coming up with something. He's got to figure out yeah. how to take all of the yeah. recent events. Like he's got to figure out how to um, sort of like you know quell the the concern trolls over the stone indictment. Yeah. Let and, me tell you something. Q has climbed up uh, God's Tower and he's up there. He's in the time room, the the room in which time deforms or whatever. He's training in there with Vegeta. And currently, he's doing a lot of different stuff. You wouldn't understand, you fucking civilian motherfuckers. But he's in there training, you know, with one finger doing push-ups and shit like that in his little armor and stuff. He's also fighting with Vegeta here and there. And when he comes out, he's going to have a really long beard. He's going to be incredibly hungry, but he's going to be ready to really yeah. finally yeah. fuck the deep state up. Guys, I imagine I have no doubt. I have faith. I imagine that Q prepares like um the videos that Keanu Reeves posts on Instagram of him preparing for the John Wick movies. Oh yeah. Have you guys yeah. seen that yeah, shit? Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah, firing dude, range and stuff. He yeah. is a fucking beast. Like Tom Cruise used to be my favorite actor until a couple days ago when I saw this video yeah. of Keanu Reeves emptying a fucking like 12 round magazine Dear like God. perfectly into 12 different targets in under five seconds. You, and I went, you know what? Fuck you, Tom Cruise. Keanu Reeves <laughs> is my new fucking favorite. This guy is the real right. deal. And when he finds out that he di- did it in under five seconds, he kind of gives this like surfer, like hang 10. He does this cute little dance. And oh, man. Are, are you going to make like a crudely uh, put together image about like how uh, old friend uh, Tom Cruise and now new friendship? Well, no, with it's, I'm much I'm Keanu. much more lazy. I'm I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to show a picture of Drake making a kind oh, of uh, refusatory uh, gesture uh, with a picture of Tom Cruise. And then yeah, uh, below it uh, will be a low, also low-resolution picture of the rapper Drake uh, making a... <laughs> Making a slightly a, a, a more accepting sort of gesture, and it's going to be a picture of Keanu Reeves at All the right. firing range. If you ever need uh, what sounds like a boomer to read memes for you, Jake <laughs> is here to explain to you what you are it watching. Is, I'm like just on the cusp where like I appreciate the humor of memes, but could never create one myself. You know that they uh, the third movie is coming up, right? And they changed the, the name slightly. It's now Wick, but with a Q at the end. John Wick. Yeah, John Wick. It's John Wick. Nope, still sounds the same. Just Wick. John Wick. Absolutely not. There's no U E. This isn't. This isn't but some sort of. Algonquin. That's how you pronounce a Q. That's how you pronounce a Q. Dude, my mom's an English teacher. When you see a Q, it's pronounced qu. Quaaludes. Yeah. Next up, we have QAnon and deep fakes with. Travis View. The topic of deep fakes is interesting because it really cuts to the heart of what the whole Q thing is about for QAnon believers. QAnon community, they spend most of their time fretting over what's real and what's fake. In fact, you might consider this anxiety about this fake real division to be the animating force of QAnon. They imagine that what we think is real about the news media and the government is all a mirage, and Q is helping America uncover what's actually real. And of course, they imagine that they're all foot soldiers in this battle against this illusion that we're all trapped in, helping America and the world usher in the Great Awakening. 
And uh, this way of thinking in the QAnon community is unsurprising because they're very conspiratorial people. And like we discussed on the premium episode about uh, conspiracy theory psychology, there's evidence to suggest that belief in conspiracy theories derives not from adherence to any particular conspiracy narrative, but from an automatic rejection of the official narrative and the conviction that massive deception is taking place. In fact, Q drops often contain lines that deal with what is true and what is fake and how the truth is being concealed. So here are a few examples I pulled from four different Q drops. The truth is mind blowing and cannot be fully exposed. The truth is mind blowing and cannot fully be exposed is what you tell somebody when your dick is small and you don't want to show it. (laughs) (laughs) The truth would sound so outrageous. Most Americans would riot, revolt, reject, Etc. The uh, three R's, baby. Yeah. yeah, Americans would get on their scooters and fucking roll around Walmart at slightly faster speed. They take a villain in a horror movie approach to the truth, where it's always somewhere out of view, sort of, sort of left yeah. to your imagination how, how horrifying it truly is. Yeah. But whatever you're getting is not it. Yeah. <laughs> you have no idea how trained I am. If one day I was brought to fight, which I can't because I'm considered by the government to be a deadly weapon, <laughs> but if I did it one day, oh God, you would really suffer. Q also writes, The fake news narrative, make-believe, has been ingrained for a long time. When you have to use the words make-believe, like three words after the word fake, um, you know that your readers, you really trust and respect their intelligence. Do not fall victim to MSM slash other fake slash false narrative bushes. In the QAnon world, just like everything's fake, the news is fake. Like around 300 Q drops deal with uh, fake news in some way. Politicians are fake. Uh, elected officials all say they're working to serve the public when really they're controlled by the cabal or the deep state. Even the things that Trump says and does are fake. Like they thought that Trump slamming former Attorney General Jeff Sessions was all a fake show, it was all a ruse. And really, Trump likes Sessions. And yeah, that's what he does to people he likes. He fires them. Right. <laughs> And they uh, think that even Q drops are occasionally fakes because, like we discussed, disinformation is necessary. I can't wait for Trump to fire Barron. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that brings us to the issue of deep fakes. And uh, deep fakes are kind of high-tech, hyper-realistic fake video. So basically through a combination of motion capture and machine learning, uh, people can realistically superimpose the image of a person's face onto a face of another person in the video. And early use of this technology, unsurprisingly, was superimposing celebrity faces into porn videos so they look like celebrity sex tapes. Oh yeah, we'll be getting into that in my section for right. sure. Sure will. Or you can generate a realistic appearing video of someone famous like Barack Obama or Vladimir Putin appearing to say things they never actually said. And it's not perfect technology, but it keeps getting better and more realistic all the time. So my main use for deep fakes uh, so far has been I I will um, find a a porn clip and then I will put my face on the guy. And then I show it to my wife to be like, this is how good I fuck. (laughs) It's not true. It's not true. I fuck like shit. But for a moment... She has the hope that... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> now, to journalists and academics who think about fake news and disinformation, uh, this technology is a concerning development. Uh, so video evidence is supposed to be the hardest kind of evidence to fake. And consequently, people are highly trusting of video evidence. But now there's this emerging way to create convincingly fake video of people. 
Now, obviously, that obviously might lead to kinds of fake news and disinformation that we've just never seen before. In October of 2018, the Council of Foreign Relations released a report on the potential impact of deepfakes, and it said this. The array of potential harms that deepfakes could entail is stunning. A well-timed and thoughtfully scripted deepfake or series of deepfakes could tip an election, spark violence in a city primed for a civil unrest, bolster insurgent narratives about an enemy's supposed atrocities, or exacerbate political divisions in a society. Why are you giving people ideas, you fucking morons? <laughs> the United States should begin taking steps, starting with raising awareness of the problem in technical, governmental, and public circles so that policymakers, the tech industry, academics, and individuals become aware of the destruction, manipulation, and exploitation that deepfake creators could inflict. I have an idea. Why don't you take the same team of seals that you uh, took out uh, fucking bin Laden with and you just uh, take out all these deep learning scientists <laughs> yeah right I always wonder is MIT you know computer scientists who are yeah. like working on this stuff they ever think is this invention again destroy society the you know well no, they fucking no. didn't realize that with Facebook or, or the, the internet at large. Or the Manhattan Project. Am I right, boys? Yeah, yeah. Well, we're entering uncharted waters and disinformation here, and it, it might be bad. So <laughs> it might be bad. It might. It might. It might be fine. We don't this know. This is journalism. It is. Yeah. It may be bad. It may. Well, I'm speculating. It may be the end of civilization. Let's find out. So you would think that Q and the QAnon community would be the first to sound the alarm about deep fakes. You know, it's right up their alley. They hate fake news, and here's this new high-tech way to make fake news, so you think they'd be super worried about this. But they are not. Interestingly, every time that there's a news report about deep fakes, the QAnon community cries fake news about deep fakes. So in, in a March 6th, um, in a March 6, 2018 Q drop, Q linked to a screenshot of a New York Times article headlined, uh, Here Comes the Fake Videos 2. And Q responded by saying this. Try, try, try as they might. Fail they will. No free passes. You know what? Let me read it in a different voice that might also make sense. Try, try, try <laughs> as they might. Fail they will. No free passes. <laughs> MSM Q. So, and of course, the QAnon community ran with the idea that even deep fakes are fake. And, oh, you know. Uh, what the fuck, man? So, I'm going to give. Think mirror. Right. So, I'm going to give you an example uh, from Jordan Sather on his, uh, in his YouTube channel. It's called Destroying the Illusion. And here he is explaining why he believes that these news articles about deep fakes are published occasionally. And this particular video was published actually just this past week on January 23rd. Washington fears new threat from deep fake videos. So this coming out of thehill.com a couple of days ago, talking about deep fakes. Deep fakes is basically the establishment's new way of warning you, prepping your mind about fake videos, okay? And this isn't the first time that we've seen this in the mainstream media, but it was the New York Times that ran the first article about these, quote, deep fakes early on in 2018. And then every couple of months, of course, they have to run a new series of articles to keep it fresh in the public's mind to continue to try to get ahead of the story. And what that story that the mainstream media, that the deep state is essentially trying to get ahead of here is content that gets released showing these deep staters, these politicians, these bad actors in compromised situations, they're trying to get ahead of that story. So if any video or photograph of, say, Hillary Clinton or John Podesta gets leaked into the public, 
they can claim, oh, it was artificial intelligence, or oh, it's hackers, or of course, they'll probably try to throw the Russians behind it, but that's what they're gonna call deep fakes, right? Keep that in mind, deep fakes, deep state deep fakes. Okay, uh, this, this man has two framed Q posters uh, behind him. He has the two huge, like, you know, yeah. like crazy person maps. Wow. Um, I wonder what Aaron Brothers thought when he brought in those two <laughs> large posters and tasked them with framing it. I mean, at least one of them got red-pilled for sure. I love this idea. Yeah, they're, they're, <laughs> seeding, they're seeding the idea that, that videos could be faked so that later... When, when real yeah, videos was, come out... I get into this a little bit in my section as well. It's weird, it, it, I really love that his, his, his YouTube channel is called Destroying the Illusion. Yeah. And here he is dismissing a high-tech way to create an illusion through high-tech video. Right. So he's basically saying, don't destroy it. It doesn't even exist. Yes, exactly. It's, it, it's just a lie. It, but it, Jordan Sather's sentiment, you know, is, is really common in the QAnon community. In fact, uh, when that uh, Council on Foreign Relations report on deep fakes was released, uh, one QAnon believer on Twitter said this. Fact. If the fucking Council on Foreign Relations, <laughs> a.k.a. hashtag deep state central casting, is running pieces on deep fakes... You know for a fact they anticipate bad info to drop soon. Finger pointing emoji, it won't work. It's, it, it sucks that they face swapped uh, Roger Stone with Hillary Clinton, uh, yeah. who was getting arrested by the FBI, finally. Yeah. Like they said, part of their dismissal of deepfakes stems from their conviction that there are some truly repulsive videos <laughs> of the hated deep stapers that might be released any moment now. Yeah. And of course, they actually they got this idea from Q. Um, in another you know, earlier March 6, 2018 Q drop, Q said this. Is the stage set for a drop of HRC raw video 5-5? We have it all. Reread. Stage. The nail in many coffins. Liberal undo. Impossible to defend. Toxic to those connected. Punctuation <clears throat> in this drop all over the place. This particular Q drop set off a lot of buzz that there was some sort of incriminating video of Hillary that was about to be released. And that same day, there was a hashtag campaign that lit up Twitter. They used uh, hashtag HRC video and hashtag release the video. Nice, mm -hmm. yeah. They love doing, oh, these campaigns with the release so that yeah. they, never, they never get anything for it. It's so sad. There are also a lot of memes around it. And here's one meme that was posted by at storm is upon us. Uh, and it is a uh, what looks like a clip art picture of a stage, a movie theater, uh, old school, you know, red seats, uh, red ribbony curtains. And it says, nothing worth watching at the Oscars, question mark? Well, Hillary has a film of her own coming soon. Hashtag HRC video. And then uh, the post text is the end of the witch is nigh hashtag hrc video hashtag QAnon, hashtag release the video this whole thing about the hillary video it seemed, it seemed to later morph or converge with the frazzle drip conspiracy theory excuse me what what 
<laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. The, 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 there was a, a baseless rumor that there exists a video of Hillary Clinton and longtime aide Huma Abedin raping and mutilating oh a young child. God. You know, this this video obviously does not exist in the real world and only exists in the imaginations of people who need to believe that Hillary Clinton is a Cenobite from Hellraiser instead of a human being. <laughs> of course, uh, no video of Hillary Clinton like this was ever released, and it was just one of the countless times that the QAnon community got their hopes up over nothing. The thing is, the QAnon community fancy themselves to be these hyper skeptics who do their own research and refuse to get fooled. But when people who are like actually in the real world concerned about fake news and disinformation come along and they say, you know, actually, you're right. In fact, there is this emerging technology called deep fakes that might be used to fool you. The response is bullshit. Yeah, it's 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 insane. So some deep fakes are also fake. And I think, well, yeah, it's in the name. And I think, uh, yeah, right. And I think their attitude towards deep fakes is interesting for two reasons. Number one, it kind of outs the QAnon community as prime marks for deep fakes. You know, if you really believe that deep fakes are fake, then you're basically confessing that you will believe a fraudulent deep fake video. Right. Mm. And uh, number two, it exposes how disingenuous the QAnon community's accusations of fake news are. You know, so it's easy to imagine a scenario in which the QAnon community would like embrace or even exploit the concern of deep fakes. You know, it lines up with their narrative that the mainstream media is lying to us about everything. You know, if they were to embrace deep fakes as concern, it might even serve as a handy excuse to hand wave away any inconvenient video that might contradict whatever their preferred conspiracy theory is. Not that I want to give them ideas. Too late. Yeah. But instead, they <laughs> reject the deep fakes as a concern at all. You know, why? Because the mainstream media has said it's a concern. And they're just this uh... and they're just these knee-jerk contrarians who feel the need to reject whatever the mainstream narrative happens to be without thinking whether they should reject it or not. Man, that's some galaxy brain shit. On that note. Here's Jake to uh, go a little bit more deeper into uh, the sort of impacts, you know, uh, these mythical videos have had on the community. I remember well when the, quote, Hillary tearing a child's face off video, end quote, rumor surfaced. In fact, it seemed pretty goddamn tame compared to some of the stories I had read in the depths of 4chan. I remember once I told Julian it might be interesting to talk about when our first ideas of doing the podcast started rumbling. Are you nuts, dude? No, he exclaimed. He said, no one wants to hear ASMR of you telling some made-up weird torture porn story about two out-of-touch politicians and their assistant. So, I've decided to do just that. <laughs> okay. In a memoir released by Kathy O'Brien called Transformation of America, she alleges CIA abuse and becoming a victim of mind control. The book is available on Amazon. It's Transformation, <laughs> T-R-A-N-C-E, yeah, which like leads me to believe that it's about trans formation. music. Yes. <laughs> yes. I love trans music. Yeah. Customers who bought this item also bought Access Denied for Reasons of National Security, The Franklin Cover-Up by John W. DeCamp, Mind Controlled Sex Slaves and the CIA, <laughs> Rabbit Hole, a satanic ritual about Survivor Story, uh, Pawns in the Game, FBI edition, and the 13 Satanic Bloodlines, Paving the Road to Hell. All, all with very beautiful covers. Kathy O'Brien, or Kathleen Ann O'Brien, spelled the evil way, boys. That's right, that's right. Born December 4th, 1957, accuses a wide range of prominent individuals from the United States, Canadian, Mexican, and Saudi Arabian government officials to stars of the country and Western music scene <laughs> of being part of a Project Monarch conspiracy to run sex slave rings and commit child abuse. 
For example, O'Brien claims that George H.W. Bush and Miguel de la Madrid used holograms to appear to her in altered <laughs> forms, saying that, quote, Bush apparently activated a hologram of the lizard-like alien which provided the illusion of Bush transforming like a chameleon before my eyes. In retrospect, I understand that Bush had been painstakingly careful in positioning our seats in order that the hologram's effectiveness be maximized. End I mean, quote. mean, what in the fuck? O'Brien claims that Project Monarch caused her to develop multiple personality disorder, but during alternate personality episodes, she has photographic recall. O'Brien's transformation of America has been credited as originating, quote, one of the most significant and extreme mind-controlled conspiracy theories, and her claim of links between satanic ritual abuse and MKUltra have influenced popular conspiracy culture. Cool. In the book, O'Brien details an insane sex story about Bill and Hillary Clinton. I warn you, listener, what you are about to hear is graphic and disturbing, and I have brought certain shame to myself and my family <laughs> for reading it in any kind of public setting. Um, I guess trigger warning for what? Like, a, is there rape? Yeah. Okay. And then I wrote, I actually wrote, I go, discuss if Jake should read the story or not. I think I have to at this point, right? Uh, you should read it, then I can, I can either edit some of it out if I need to or whatever. We'll see. Okay, great. So the setup is Kathy O'Brien was brought to Bill Clinton's room to see if he wanted to have sex with her before drinking two root beers and playing a quick game of Live 95. <laughs> okay, that's not in there. Obviously, I made that up about the root beers and shit. She writes, Bill Clinton responded, quote, I don't care. Get her the fuck out of here. Hall's wife led me away and locked me in a back bedroom. After an indeterminate period of time, I heard her telephone Hillary at the guest villa. She then drove me up the mountain through the dark to meet with Hillary. Although I had previously met Hillary, we had very little to say to each other, particularly since I was still dazed and tranced from the tortures I had endured at the CIA near-death trauma center in Lampe. What the fuck? Hillary knew I was a mind-controlled slave and, like Bill Clinton, just took it in stride as a, quote, normal, end quote, part of life in politics. Hillary was fully clothed and stretched out on the bed sleeping when Hall's wife and I arrived. Hall says... Hillary, I brought you something you'll really enjoy. Kind of an unexpected surprise. Hillary opened her eyes and sleepily roused herself. Show me. <laughs> Hall's wife ordered me to take my clothes off while Hillary watched. Is she clean? Hillary asked, meaning disease-free. Of course. She's birds. Authors note she's referring to Robert Byrd, the former Ku Klux Klansman turned not racist anymore senator. She responded, continuing the conversation as though I were not there. Plus, I heard Houston say something about her being a presidential model, whatever the hell that's supposed to mean. I mean, what the fuck? It means she's clean, Hillary said matter-of-factually as she stood up. I was not capable of giving thought to such things back then, but I am aware in retrospect that all presidential model slaves I knew seemed to have an immunity to social diseases. It, wait, it was is, a, she, is she calling sexual disease, like social diseases? Yes. Okay. It was a well-known fact in the circles I was sexually passed around and that government-level mind-control sex slaves were, quote, clean uh, to the degree that none of my abusers took precautions such as wearing condoms. Not how that works. Hillary exclaimed, God, and immediately began performing oral sex on me. <laughs> <laughs> This is, I mean... It's so bad. Apparently, aroused by the... <laughs> Hillary God, stood up man. and quickly peeled out of her matronly nylon panties oh! and pantyhose. Is <laughs> it throwing a humiliation there? Just for, just, oh, she's an old lady. Uninhibited, despite a long day in the hot sun, she gasped, eat me, oh God, eat me now. <laughs> I had no... <laughs> 
I had no choice. <laughs> I had no choice but to comply with her orders, and Bill Hall's wife made no move to join me in my distasteful task. Hillary had resumed examining. Oh, Bill Hall's wife refused to join her in, in eating Hillary's pussy? That's that's what she's complaining about? Yes. She's like, no, she wouldn't even take 50% of the work. <laughs> Hillary had, way, we should share chores. Bill Clinton walked in. Hillary lifted her head to ask, how'd it go? All right. I mean, this referring, is... Referring just, to the meeting that Jake, Bill Clinton Jake, was in. Jake, you are no longer part of this podcast. <laughs> and you know why. You know why. You did this to yourself. Don't, you, you know what you I did. Don't, I don't, you know... You uh, shaved days off of my life. Guys, yeah, what I'm the fuck, you. dude? I'm telling you. This, this is, is so wrong on so many levels. I don't even this, know what I'm going to beep out what, of this. Like, what even am I supposed I to sponsor? It's so wrong in so many ways. I'm not going to lie. I, I thought about killing myself after I read this. <laughs> but, but the show must go on. <laughs> must it? Must it? Must it? We might cancel the podcast. Now, with the before-mentioned story in mind, flash forward to September 2016. Anthony Weiner, an unfortunate name for an unfortunate man, was arrested by the NYPD for sexting with an underage girl. Now, Anthony Weiner, as many of you know, is married to Huma Abedin, leader of the Muslim Brotherhood nope. and top aide Hillary Clinton. <laughs> Not a fact. Well, the second part is a fact. Around that time, a bunch of stories broke from the usual rags about the NYPD discovering a secret folder with famous politicians both Democrat and Republican in compromising sexual scenarios, Abedin's insurance folder, should the powerful Clintons turn on her and her wonderful husband. So isn't the rumor around this uh, that they, they found the video like in the raid and were immediately able to watch it? So she didn't even like zip up the folder? Listen. Or is the, are the cops fucking hackers? Officer Hicks cautiously opened the sleek silver laptop. Some of the keys were covered with a white crusty substance. <laughs> Hicks rubbed it between his fingers and sniffed it. Probably semen, he thought. Fucking pervert. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this. Dude. The screen flashed on, revealing a bright colored background of some Victoria's Secret models standing in front of a Lamborghini. <laughs> yes, what everybody, what oh everybody uh, you know, of this generation thinks is hot, Jake. Just like you. <laughs> no, it's Anthony Weiner's laptop. It's what he thinks oh, is hot. Oh, yeah. This is, okay, this is from the perspective of the NYPD officer discovering the laptop for the first time. Well, since it's written in third person, that's not the case, but we'll let you slide on that. Hicks tapped a few keys, calling up an internet browser. He slowly dragged the mouse over to search history. Let's see what we got here, Hicks muttered to himself. There was a handful of sites Hicks recognized, sites you go to late at night, sites he was ashamed to visit, but nothing out of the ordinary. Wiener seemed to have the pornographic taste of a high school boy, blowjob videos and big sister fantasies. <laughs> okay, all right. I've been getting I've been getting in the practice of getting drunk and writing these and terrible su and, su we're, we're, and surprising this, myself. We need you to stay healthy for this podcast, sir. I know. I kind of feel like I'm like the FBI dirty man of like the guy they send in to like do all the drugs with the criminals to convince him he's not a cop. And then he yeah. becomes like, you know, irreparably fucked up. <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> Blowjob videos and big sister fantasies, as well as many visits to Pinterest and Wayfair. Hicks clicked on one of the Pinterest boards. It was mostly of motorcycles and pictures of the cast of iCarly, with the occasional inspirational quote. He clicked a small X in the upper right corner of the browser, and the websites disappeared back, deep into the computer. 
its internal fans humming loudly after years of neglect. Wait, wait. So you wrote you wrote in a comment that like Anthony Weiner doesn't take good care of his laptop? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just to check. It's called, You're fucking... it's called character You're building, right, right. you piece of shit. <laughs> after searching through the hard drive for a minute or two, Hicks stumbled upon something that puzzled him. <laughs> a small gray folder labeled Tony's secret stash. Hicks withdrew his hand from the mouse. He thought about calling some of the other officers. Perhaps it would be better if they looked through this together. Crow! Hicks called out over his shoulder, but no answer. Hicks looked down at the small plastic clock on his desk. Out to lunch, he lamented. <laughs> Wait, he's out to lunch in the home of Anthony Weiner? No, he's in like the evidence room or something. Okay, <clears throat> sorry. It's called world building, sorry. Carefully, he placed his hand back on the mouse, dragged the small black arrow over the folder, and clicked. Nothing happened. Hicks realized he hadn't double-clicked after all. <laughs> <laughs> click, click. All of a sudden, the screen was filled with a grid of small thumbnails. As Hicks began to click through the JPEGs, he realized they were all of the same thing. The pictures were of Anthony Weiner looking in the mirror, shirtless, attempting to take... <laughs> attempting to take pictures of a growing bald spot on the back of his head. Hicks chuckled. All of a sudden, this sex-crazed, unfaithful pedophile seemed vulnerable and human. He leaned back in the worn recliner chair inside the evidence room, knocking the mouse with his elbow as he did so. Hicks leaned in close to the bright monitor, squinting his eyes. There, in the bottom of the right corner of the folder, was the outline of what looked like a folder. But there was no icon. An invisible folder. Under it was the text, Insurance. Hicks double-clicked. Wait, the folder was invisible, but it had text? Well, once you click on an invisible folder, you can reveal the text. <clears throat> Not that I know anything about that. To his horror, he scrolled past hundreds of gray folders with prominent politicians' names on them. McCain, Kerry, Biden, Jeb. <laughs> At the very bottom was a folder titled, HRC Raw Video 5 5 the following article was published. Quote, NYPD source, Wiener Laptop has enough evidence to quote, put Hillary away for life. The article quotes an unnamed police chief. What's in the emails is staggering, and as a father, it turned my stomach, the NYPD chief said. There is not going to be any Houdini-like escape from what we found. We have copies of everything. We will ship them to WikiLeaks, or I will personally hold my own press conference if it comes to that. Even friend of the show and soon-to-be Arkham inmate, Roger Stone, alleged. <laughs> My source at the NYPD told me that supposedly there are photos. My source speculated that the whole purpose of this was, hum was Huma's protection file, her blackmail file if they ever tried to screw her. She had everything here that she needed to protect herself. It was insurance. There were compromising photos of the former president, Bill Clinton, in sexual situations. And that was sourced from a... Hollywood Reporter article. According to QAnon, every story run about deep fakes is to prepare the public for the plausible deniability when the HRC tape finally does surface. This is a key part of what makes QAnon so insulated. Any potential piece of information from what's considered a mainstream media source is seen as a means for the deep state to get ahead of the inevitable truth being revealed. Information, when considered objectively, actually would, in fact, alert people to a terrifying technology that really exists and, I might add, just as interesting as the conspiracy theory and could wreak political havoc across the globe, but instead is dismissed as groundwork for a future counter-narrative. 
It's brilliant when you think about it in terms of information control and the ability to turn analysis of current media stories into the appearance of a prophecy. I've tried to find the Hillary tape. I've heard Anons tell tales that it was released to a very select few to prove its legitimacy. After much searching, however, the closest I could find was <laughs> the closest I could find was a 12-minute video, 11 and three quarters. <laughs> The closest, <laughs> the closest I could find was a 12-minute video, 11 and three-quarters of which is a man on his duck farm in a rusted-out military transport yelling at the camera about how important the video is. <laughs> the other 15 seconds is a frozen image of some type of mammal with its face being flayed off. It's pretty grainy, and neither Hillary nor Huma Abedin are identifiable or even on screen at all. <laughs> I guess if I'm being honest, I hope the video doesn't exist. If a video surfaced of Hillary Clinton eating the skin off of a dead child's face, I believe the world would descend into a bird box level of madness, incapable of ever recovering, where Julian turns into the bad guy from The Postman, the 1997 film starring Native American actor Kevin Costner <laughs> about a nameless drifter who dons a postman's uniform and a bag of mail as he begins a quest to inspire hope to the survivors living in a post-apocalyptic America. Terrifying, man. It's terrifying. And I'm curious, I didn't read any, you can find the whole transcript of the book online in like an RTF file, essentially. Um, of, co of course, in like a TXT file yeah. with some ASCII art of, of Hillary Clinton's penis. Yes, and uh, I skimmed through a little bit, and it's all this shit. It's basically like torture porn. It's like fanfic torture porn, like starring all your, all your favorite politicians. We, we are a deeply troubled people, and, and right. I think that a lot of the atrocities that, that, uh, that happen in this country, I mean, just uh, the news story from a couple days ago where a guy came into a bank made uh, five women lay down on the floor and yeah. just executed them by shooting them in the head. When you have such fucking horror that you're just basically supposed to absorb, yeah, like this this stuff becomes a good escape and a good way to process how incredibly violent and senseless and, and, and awful these things are. Right, because it gives a meaning to the violence as opposed to just having to, yeah. you know, admit that like, you know, some people are really evil. Yeah, and like, and not affiliated to any sort of political party or anything, you know, that they're yeah, just like, there's just like an insane toxic culture of, of fantasizing about killing other people and domination and, and just a general like kind of patriarchy that's in place that just doesn't really match, you know, the Hillary Clinton likes to get her pussy eaten story. It's it, it way more matches the actual news story of a man executing five people. Yeah. I mean, just that that's. That's where we're at. We're in ISIS land. Like yeah. we have fucking like domestic attacks all the time by white people, normal, non-politically uh, like stimulated people sometimes, uh, and they're just executing people. I mean, what what is really the difference? Uh, ISIS at least is doing it for a video to recruit somebody. What the fuck is this guy doing it for? I'm sorry, I, I need to calm they're, down. They're doing it for the fucking fame, man. We still haven't learned as a culture to not put these guys on the front page of every fucking news source. Uh, a, you know, in the scary mugshot, I call, think the, the, calling them the gunmen. I mean, what for some like loser who's fucking sitting in their basement and feels like they have no purpose in life? I mean, that level of infamy is better than whatever they're feeling. This kind of violence feels better than feeling nothing at all. But what amazes me is it's not completely senseless. We can look at the, some of the structural stuff. We can look at how um, men are raised. We can look at how the, the, the economics play into it. There are things we can look at. It's just like 
no one's doing it at the top levels and no one's even talking about half this stuff. Uh, and so as I a agree. result, people just feel like hopeless and helpless. Yeah. Like either they're too misinformed or they feel like no one's going to deal with it anyways. Who cares? Let's just make something else. Yeah. Up. What I find interesting about, you know, that whole story about Hillary Clinton is, you know, how much more interesting and fantastical the sort of the right wing co- co- conspiracies are than sort of liberal or left conspiracies. Yeah. Cause like, cause like, you know, what's the, what's the mythical sort of liberal tape, the P tape, right? Which was right, mentioned, yeah. mentioned in the Steele dossier that many, many uh, you know, liberals sort of hope exists, right? Yeah. Very. Di- what is, it's, it's a video allegedly of Trump watching couple prostitutes pee on the bed. Right. Pretty tame, yeah. right? Whereas, whereas the right, it's Hillary like it's, filleting a child's yeah, face. It's, it's yeah, torture yeah. porn. It, it's it's insane and fantastical. Yeah, yeah. Way, way, way out there. Yeah. Yeah, it's way more aligned with uh, what we're watching on TV and in movies. It's true. Yeah. It's true. It's a little bit more, uh, you know, yeah. uh, connected to sort of uh, the news and the culture. Yeah. Deep fakes, deep dive with none other than our very own Julian. In 1985, Ian Goodfellow was born in the United States of America. That's two years after me. <sighs> That's frustrating to read. Fuck. I didn't realize that. <laughs> he, he would go on to study at Stanford and get his PhD in machine learning from the University of Montreal. He then joined Google as part of the Google Brain research team, worked briefly at the newly founded OpenAI Institute, and then returned to Google where he is undoubtedly working on an algorithm that will make people forget Google ever used the slogan, don't be evil. <laughs> Ian is credited with the creation of Generative Adversarial Networks, or GANs, as well as authoring the textbook Deep Learning. GANs are the foundational technology of, you guessed it, deepfakes. Now, before we go on, let's bathe in some drama. Yes. Back in 1991, when Ian was just six years old, a computer scientist from the University of Colorado called Jürgen Schmidhuber published a paper called Learning Factorial Codes by Predictability Minimization. (laughs) Quote, I present a novel general principle for unsupervised learning of distributed non-redundant internal representations of input patterns or input sequences. Years later, at the Neural Information Processing Systems Conference of 2016, which, I kid you not, it shortens to NIPS, uh, Jürgen was sitting in the audience during a tutorial by Ian on generative adversarial networks. Here's some audio of what happened. And by accessing an explicit tractable density over the generator that creates the noise. Can I ask a question? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, because you have this nice slide there. My name is uh, Jürgen Schmidhuber from the Swiss AI lab, and um, uh, I was wondering uh, whether you can l- relate these uh, very interesting GANs or GANs to um, the other adversarial network that we had back then in 1992. In many ways, um, very similar, but in other ways different. And I was wondering whether you have comments on the similarities and differences of these old adversarial networks. Uh, Yeah, so Jürgen has asked me if I have any comment on the similarities and differences here, but uh, he's in fact aware of my opinion because we've corresponded about this by email before. And I don't exactly appreciate the public confrontation. Uh, If you want to form your own... (laughs) If you want to form your own opinion about whether predictability minimization is the same thing as generative adversarial networks, you're welcome to read the paper. Uh, One of the NIPS reviewers requested that we add a description of predictability minimization to the generative adversarial networks paper, and we did added our comments on the extent to which we think that they are similar, which is 
that they are not particularly similar yeah. to the NIPS final copy. Just, just for completeness, however, so I reacted to exactly these changes, and then uh, you did not um, uh, comment. It's not true that you commented or reacted to these confrontations. Yeah. Yeah. So there are um, comments which you did not address, and I think, still think. We, the we've basic had a very extensive is, uh, email thread, thing. and I'm, yeah. I would prefer to use my tutorial to teach about generative adversarial networks. If people want to yeah. read about predictability minimization, please do so. Just to just always make sure you have the related work section. The comments have been added to the NIPS paper. So, um, returning to the comparison to noise contrast. <laughs> wow. I love that the future is being driven by drama queen nerds. Nerd fight, nerd fight, nerd <laughs> fight. So yeah, a bunch of totally normal and cool people like these two developed the core technology behind deepfakes, which is quite well described by Will Knight, a writer for Technology Review. Quote, GANs employ two dueling neural networks to train a computer to learn the nature of a data set well enough to generate convincing fakes. When applied to images, this provides a way to generate often highly realistic fakery. So basically, they make the two neural networks jealous of each other, which, much like our two computer scientist friends, makes them work long hours with clammy hands to outdo each other. But what the neural network versions of Jurgen and Ian don't know is that they're working on the same thing trying to make it look like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez joined ISIS. But yeah, isn't it, I love this conference. I love this just petty, pathetic nerd drama. And to think that these guys, who clearly have the social skills of a fucking child, right. are, are the ones making the big moral decisions that will lead to the development of a technology that could end what reality is. <laughs> fucking cool. I mean, yeah, just yeah. what the fuck? Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. The GANs technology was used to develop software that allowed for, quote, face swapping, which is a pretty self-explanatory term and a very common feature at this point on social media platforms. Meanwhile, horny Redditors saw an opportunity. What if they could swap a celebrity's face with a porn star's? Could it trick their penises' brains? The answer is yes. And in autumn of 2017, a user called Deepfakes, which I believe actually the term comes from this user, posted multiple videos to Reddit, all of them porn clips modified to make it seem like female celebrities were in them, including Daisy Ridley, Gal Gadot, Emma Watson, Katy Perry, Taylor Swift, and Scarlett Johansson. In an article for Motherboard, Samantha Cole wrote, According to Deepfakes, who declined to give his identity to me to avoid public scrutiny, the software is based on multiple open-source libraries, like Keras with TensorFlow backend. To compile the celebrities' faces, Deepfakes said he used Google Image Search, stock photos, and YouTube videos. Deep learning consists of networks of interconnected nodes that autonomously run computations on input data. In this case, he trained the algorithm on porn videos and Gal Gadot's face. After enough of this training, the nodes arrange themselves to complete a particular task, like convincingly manipulating the video on the fly. Deepfakes told me he's not a professional researcher, just a programmer with an interest in machine learning. I just found a clever way to do face swap, he said, referring to his algorithm. Quote, with hundreds of face images, I can easily generate millions of distorted images to train the network. After that, I feed the network someone else's face, and the network will think it's just another distorted image and will try to make it look like the training face. In a comment thread on Reddit, Deepfakes mentioned that he is using an algorithm similar to one developed by NVIDIA researchers that uses deep learning to, for example, instantly turn a video of a summer scene into a winter one. 
The NVIDIA researchers who developed the algorithm declined to comment on this possible application. But, oh End boy, quote. does Forza Horizon 4 look beautiful. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson captured exactly what I feel about this when she said, quote, The internet is a vast wormhole of darkness that eats itself. Agreed. Uh, which I think would be a great opening line for a novel. I, I think Scarlett um, should write one. One of the most fucked up things about pornography deepfakes is that their creation and distribution completely ignore consent. And they are often used as a weapon primarily against women to shame, humiliate, and exploit. Photoshopping faces onto nude photographs is nothing new, of course, but AI now allows for the much more insidious practice of applying it to video, which, as Travis mentioned earlier, is kind of inherently more convincing for the human brain. We all know you can Photoshop stuff, but deepfakes aren't yet quite as embedded in our lexicon and popular knowledge, but they will be. Because by January 2018, the Reddit deepfakes community created an easy-to-use application called FakeApp which democratized the creation of deepfakes so that amoral dipshits with smaller brains were no longer excluded from the process. In February of the same year, Reddit banned what it refers to as, quote, involuntary pornography, which is a pretty euphemism and just makes it sound like somebody tripped down a set of stairs and onto a dick. <laughs> Multiple other platforms have banned the posting of deepfakes with varying levels of enforcement, including Twitter and Pornhub. Good guy Pornhub. As with many technologies, it looks like porn acted as an early catalyst for development, but deepfakes very rapidly spread to politics, the ultimate porn. In May of 2018, a video surfaced of Donald Trump saying, quote, As you know, I had the balls to withdraw for the Paris Climate Agreement, and so should you. It turned out to be a deepfake, posted by a Belgian political party's communications arm. They assumed people would know it was fake from the way Trump's lips moved in the video, but they were wrong. Instead of causing people to click through and get more informed about climate change, which is what the original intent was, many people believed the video was real, and they were pissed. They posted shit like, quote, How stupid are Americans for choosing someone like this? Which, hey, fair enough. <laughs> the political party's communications team had to go through all the comments and calm people down, but there's no telling how many people watched it and walked away thinking it was real. Filmmaker and comedian Jordan Peele released a deep fake later that year showing his face side by side with Obama's a public service announcement about the dangers of deepfakes. In September of 2018, three members of Congress sent a letter to the Director of National Intelligence explaining how deepfakes had the potential to fuel, quote, disinformation campaigns in our elections. Danielle Citron, professor of law at the University of Maryland, said, quote, what keeps me awake at night is a hypothetical scenario where, before the vote in Texas, someone releases a deepfake of Beto O'Rourke having sex with a prostitute or something which made me laugh because O'Rourke seems frequently implicated in people's sexual imagination. <laughs> Citron went on to say, quote, I'm starting to see how a well-timed deepfake could very well disrupt the democratic process. Meanwhile, some people are working on detection methods. Hani Farid is a professor of computer science at the University of California, Berkeley, and he has a history working on forensic technology to identify digital forgeries. He's been developing a method to detect deepfakes, but he admits that machine learning techniques can outdo his work at almost every turn. Here's an excerpt from a Guardian article by Oscar Schwartz. Fareed is wary. Relying on forensic detection alone to combat deepfakes is becoming less viable, he believes, due to the rate at which machine learning techniques can circumvent them. Quote, it used to be that we'd have a couple of years between coming up with a detection technique and the forgers working around it. Now it only takes two to three months. This, he explained, is due to the flexibility of machine learning. Quote, 
All the programmer has to do is update the algorithm to look for, say, changes of color in the face that correspond with the heartbeat, and then suddenly, the fakes incorporate this once imperceptible sign. In parentheses, for this reason, Fareed chose not to share some of his more recent forensic breakthroughs with me. Quote, once I spill on the research, all it takes is one asshole to add it to their system. <laughs> <laughs> I totally feel for Fareed on that one. So, continuing with the article. Although Fareed is locked in this technical cat and mouse game with deepfake creators, he is aware that the solution does not lie in new technology alone. Quote, the problem isn't just that deepfake technology is getting better, he said. It is that the social processes by which we collectively come to know things and hold them to be true or untrue are under threat. Indeed, as the fake video of Trump that spread through social networks in Belgium earlier this year demonstrated, deepfakes don't need to be undetectable or even convincing to be believed and do damage. It is possible that the greatest threat posed by deepfakes lies not in the fake content itself, but in the mere possibility of their existence. This is a phenomenon that scholar Aviv Ovadia has called, quote, reality apathy, whereby constant contact with misinformation compels people to stop trusting what they see and hear. In other words, the greatest threat isn't that people will be deceived, but that they will come to regard everything as a deception. Damn. Reading this article, I was very, very reassured. <laughs> it also mentioned that Facebook was developing its own technologies to combat deepfakes. So, hey, you know we're in good hands. <laughs> uh, and that's it for my little segment. I hope both of your hearts are also filled with dread. Oh, my God. That ha shit is crazy. I have to say that article, uh, this latest article by, uh, by the Guardian writer Oscar Schwartz is incredibly well written. Not only are the quotes by um, this guy Fareed very interesting, but... Schwartz really nails the crux of how it almost doesn't matter if the technology gets better and better because the presence of it is, is it inherently going to disrupt what we understand about truth. Yeah. It, yeah. The fact that people know it exists. It, yeah. Yeah. Is, that's all that's all you need is say, hey, well, it's it's plot. You know, I, I mean, that's kind of the, the theme of this entire episode and how it relates to QAnon. Yeah. Is that all you need is the tiniest bit of evidence that allows you to deny yeah. what normally would be accepted as a fact. And I have to say, like, you know, the development of technology, of course, I'm not someone who says, oh, you know, slow down, we don't want technology or whatever. But the fact that everyone's kind of disconnected, so like maybe this guy, Ian, is doing his own thing, and then the technology gets taken by some fucker on Reddit, and then it gets spread to somebody else who's able to make an actual app out of it. And it's like, right. none of these things are connected. There's no point at which a democratic process can have a say in whether we want or don't want this well and also the problem is is um the people who want to commit the time to actually create this stuff that it, it's never the good people no it's you know what i mean it, like it's literally the, the people who spend all their time jacking off yeah like they're literally doing it so they can jack off more to this to celebrities they can't find porn videos of yeah it's like the people with the it's like the people with the most um, sort of like ambition and drive, yeah, <laughs> like al always are kind of on the wrong side of where you hope they right. would be. Exactly. You have like a mix of these kind of emotionless guys at the beginning, just doing the pure science and math stuff. They never talk. They right. never think about ethics. And then later you have guys who could give a shit. All they want is a, a video of Gal Gadot, like crushing someone's balls. Right. Yeah. And they, they survey all the porn that's on the internet. They yeah. see insufficient. Not I enough. Need, I Not need, enough. I need something a little bit particular to my taste you know in my days we had to go out to the outhouse and we would look at a stick 
and just <laughs> imagine Gal Gadot. Okay, <laughs> so if guys, come on, you imagine Gal Gadot wasn't even around then. You, she didn't uh, exist, yeah. but you would imagine that one day a beautiful, strong IDF soldier would get her time to shine in the Marvel extended universe, which yes. is what we all agree is justice and it's goodness. Agree. Yeah, really, I think that uh, all of the sort of the technology and the sort of like said so the sort of just the presence of this technology existing is 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 just continually to uh, hurl us towards a world in which people sort of just choose their reality. Yeah, you know, that's more it. More yeah, and yeah. more. This idea that what's true and what's false is sort of a product of thinking and discipline and sort of classical logic and rationality is just dissolving <laughs> into a sort of a, a yeah. bygone era. It's already happening now, but it, obviously because of technology, people are getting angry, more disconnected, and uh, technology is, is uh, assisting it. That we're just entering an era where Literally, what's true doesn't matter. It's like no. it's like it's like it's whatever you want it to be. Yes, yeah. it's it's preference above truth. Yeah, it's just yeah. Um, and you can surround yourself with video evidence that is designed to reinforce your worldview now. Oh, yeah. yeah. So like you can have if I were to go and run uh, a bunch of like deep fake algorithms and stuff on like a set of videos, I could then sit down my grandparent and just kind of have them you know, uh, fall out of love with a politician yep. or fall yeah. in love with another one, right? It's like, because right. that's all, if you, if you see like five videos, that's that's a lot of reality, right? That's yes. a lot of evidence. Well, especially because we've now been conditioned to that is how we get information now. I think the majority, I mean, look at the president. I mean, he doesn't read, he watches video. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's, you know, whether it's a news program or, or whatever. I mean, I think, and I think a lot of people, it's it's much easier as opposed to sitting down and reading a five page article. They can watch a you know five minute video on it. But it doesn't help that that he recently said that women are getting you know their wrists tied and then thrown into the back of vans and driven over the border, right. which which literally prompted you know a border official to contact him and say, hey, do you have any like evidence of this? Yeah. Because of course none exists. Which is great because it's like yo yeah we're on board we're on board for a lot of this stuff but like could you just send a Deep fake? Yeah, if you can't make, yeah, if you, <laughs> what are you talking about? Because we we haven't seen that sort of thing down at the, uh, right. it's just like Trump getting carried away and like feeling like he is in his own Tom Clancy movie as well. And and just, you know, embellishing. Yeah, but, it's fun for him. He's an entertainer. Yeah. yeah. I think I think really what's going to happen is that uh, people are going to use these sorts of videos and other like sources of information to program themselves into any world that they like, you know. And it's not it's it's, it's like we're going to be everyone's going to enter their own sort of virtual reality kind of world. Right. And the, the, and we that will sort of there won't be this sort of uh, this concept of like painful truths, you know, like hard pills to swallow that are comfortable yeah. and you don't like. You can just surround yourself with just sort of a, a wall a wall of information yeah. or like build a wall around the information that you don't like. Everyone knows bubble. the red it's pill permanent. tastes like cinnamon. Build yeah, the right. wall. Yes, I, it's a yummy pill. Yes, um, it's an easy one. Yeah. It's like the, the, the yeah, the, it's funny. They always portray it like, you know, the, the red pills, like, oh, these are painful truths. But people don't like painful truths. People swallow the truths that seem more satisfying and make them uh, feel bad. It's yeah, true that good. the red pill is an easier pill to swallow than the, the idea of like these kind of endlessly complex geopolitics and uh, the, cor sure. the profound corruption of, of, you know, both political parties and stuff like that. You know, yeah. one of my big worries about this technology is, is not even so much how it's used in the future, but how it's used um, to alter stuff in the past. That we that we Whoa. for a long Jesus. time have agreed yeah. is already truth. I mean, all it's going to take is a couple videos that look like they're of you know like around like Nazi Germany, 
and, you know, you set it up to make it look like, you know, the Jews in the concentration camps are, like, having a good time. When and they, like, when oh they face swap those two jumbo jets with Scarlett Johansson and blame Scarlett Johansson for flying twice into the World Trade Center, right? Or, the world is going to be a profoundly bad place. Right. Or, but, yeah, take a 9-11 video and, and Photoshop government logos, you know, because... Now wh- that is porn I can beat off to. You know, the problem is, is that we'll get older and we remember what things were like before this kids you know this new crop of humans that's coming up <laughs> when- new crop of humans what are you like a harvester yes <laughs> but i'm saying if they go to research something about a particular past event and and are finding different shit yeah different shit that's muddying the waters i mean that is how me, all of equal- history has functioned until now yeah yeah well it is yeah we rewrite you're right. the stories yeah, you're the fucking abs- winner writes the fucking stories yeah, it's. I guess it's just... Your history book is probably not complete. It's probably written from a perspective, and, like, people don't examine that. Yeah, but see, nobody even reads the history books. They just, they do enough... <laughs> They do enough to, you know, to pass the fucking yeah, quiz. Nobody but, reads them. They're in the back of the class. They've fallen asleep several times at the desk this week because yeah. they were playing Ark. But a three, right, Jake? Yeah. But a three-minute video... Yeah. You know? I mean, shit. That's right. Shit's dangerous. Thank you so much for tuning in to another week of QAnon Anonymous. We'd like to thank Westbrook for the music we used on this week and last week's episodes to underscore Jake's beautiful stories. Westbrook, you're the best. We do not run any advertising on our podcast. We are supported by our listeners. Our Patreon is patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous. If you pay $5 a month, you'll get access to all of our premium episodes and give the show a chance to grow. Our goal is to remain 100% editorially independent. When you subscribe to our Patreon, you contribute to making this a reality. So if you haven't already, go subscribe to our Patreon. Thank you to our new $5 contributors, Dylan S., Mike L., Diclops, Nathaniel T., Mr., Eliza N., Floaties for Robots, Chris M., Henry S., Jeff K., John B., Meredith A., My Thousand Faces, Dan N., Steve, Ross F., Trey B., Shane W., and Liam S. And a big thank you to our $10 contributors, Allison L., Adam W., Drew M., Eric O., James O., Joel D., John S., Josh R., Owen H., Robert B., and Sabir. And a massive, massive thank you to our $20 contributors, Chris T, Joel TH, Luke B, and Susie R. If you can't afford to support us financially, you can always help us by telling friends about us, posting about us on social media and message boards, etc. That includes, if people are involved in like Reddit communities that they're actually posting on actively, well, you know, I don't really spend time on Reddit, so it's hard for me to go and like make the first post like an advertisement for our our own show. So if if you are, get in touch uh, and we can arrange something or whatever, but it it would be nice if you posted in in those communities yourselves. Yes, please. I I can't do it. My, my, um, My handle is compromised. It's very much compromised i don't even know what it is it's so compromised you can follow each and every one of us there my handle is at julian field f-e-e-l-d jake's is real rockatansky and well everyone knows at travis underscore view is a 10k plus verified twitter power user who wears leather driving gloves when he tweets the the bug The podcast Twitter handle is at QAnon Anonymous, which is secretly just Julia. Listener, until next week, may the deep dish bless you and keep you.